everyone, we're in the third week of our Seedbed Sermon Series. Now, for those of you who have green thumbs, you understand the importance of a great seedbed when you're trying to grow plants. And just like that, we are looking at the seedbed of our lives in Jesus Christ. During this season of Lent, we are preparing the seedbed of our lives in Jesus. Those essential ingredients that we need to make sure that we're growing healthy in Jesus. Now, for many of you, this is a review, and that's great. For some of you, this might be new material as well. But, but my hope is that at the end of this series, you indeed have a great seedbed for your faith in Jesus. Now, it is also my hope that by the end of this series, many of you will decide to commit your life to Christ or to recommit your life to Jesus. On the Sunday after Easter, we're going to be having what we're calling Stock Tank Sunday, where we're going to baptize people who have never been baptized before. And uh, it's also a Sunday where we want you to recommit your life to Jesus. If you've already been baptized, it'll be a Sunday for you to remember your baptism, uh, to recommit your vows of membership. And, and it really is my hope that on that Sunday, I have the whole sanctuary up at the front lined with people who want to recommit or commit their lives to Jesus Christ. Uh, that's really our hope for this series, to help you to make a commitment or recommit your life to Jesus. So we've looked at two essential ingredients of the seedbed of our faith. The first week we looked at Trinity, the importance of God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then last week we looked at the Bible, the rule of our faith, the guide for our life. And then this week we're lo looking at that third crucial ingredient, and that's the church. And when we think of the church, we often think of this image, that the church is a building. And that's a shame because it really is the wrong image when we think of church. Because the church is not a building. It never has been a building. The church is more than that. Uh, the church is truly a people. We say that before, but that really is what the church is. But because of our wrong image that comes to our mind of a building instead of a people, it has oftentimes made the church ineffective, especially in the West. It, the church becomes a place that you go to, not something that you are. Uh, so that we can say, I am at church, or I'm not at church. And that's, that's technically not right. You are the church. If you are a Christian, you are the church. You can't be at the church. And that dichotomy that we've had, especially in the Western church, has has made us oftentimes really ineffective in our witness. Let me give you an example. Uh, you know, we we put on our church hat sometimes on Sunday where we say, oh, we're, we're going to church. So we put on our church hat as we're going to church. And then when we come home from church on Sunday, we take off our church hat and then we, we might put on our, our family hat or, or whatever we're doing for the day. And then we take off our, our family hat and then we think, oh, uh, we got to put on our work hat, and, uh, and so we put on our work hat, or whatever hat we're doing, and, and then church just becomes one of many hats that we might wear throughout the week, but that's not the way that we were designed as the church. We don't put on our church hat. It is something we always have on. It is. It should be who we are, and we shouldn't be taking off our church hat and put on some other hat. 
It's something we wear wherever we go. So I like the way the Apostle Paul gives us this beautiful image of what it means to be the church. And he compares it to marriage. Because in a marriage, you're married all the time, right? You're not just married some days of the week. You're married all the time. And the, and the image I like to, to use is the image of a wedding ring. I'm, I'm married, and so I wear this all the time. It becomes a part of me. I don't take it off hardly ever. Uh, but it is who I am. I am married. And so Paul gives us the same image of marriage in Ephesians. So I want us to read again part of Paul's message to the church at Ephesus. And here I'm starting uh, chapter 5, verse 15. He says this, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil, so do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love this text. It's a great text. See, it says we need to be careful how we live, making the most of our time, we are to be filled with the Spirit as we sing psalms and hymns to the Lord. We give thanks to God at all times for everything in the name of Jesus. This is that church hat that we wear all the time. We don't take it off and on. We are filled with the Spirit at all times to be the church in the world. And, and as Paul is talking about what it means to be the church here, uh, I love, I think it's fascinating that God has commanded us to sing. We are filled with the Spirit as we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, the church has always had as a core of who it is this element of singing praises to God our Father. This is something we find in Scripture in the Old Testament and in the New. There's, there's something about singing that can connect us even more with the Spirit of God. We sing to worship God and to keep our minds and spirits focused on God so we can take that hymn we sing on Sunday or that worship song on Sunday and sing it almost throughout the week as a, a part of our meditation in who we are in God. And it doesn't matter if, we, if you like to sing traditional hymns or modern worship. Uh, singing is done to give thanks to God. It's so important. And, and from this introduction here, Paul begins to talk about the role of wives and husbands in marriage. I've used this text in wedding ceremonies before many times. I've preached on this text before when talking about uh, what it means to be a husband and a wife, to, to mutually submit to one another in love. It's, it's good stuff. But we often overlook some of the key points of this text. The text isn't primarily about marriage. It is about how we function as the church. And, and the reason I believe that is because this last verse, verse 32, says this, this is a great mystery, and I am applying it to Christ and the church. Again, this is great stuff for marriage. I think it applies. But I want us to see the metaphor that Paul is telling us and showing us uh, as we're looking at the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. So I'm going to read uh, this section again, starting in verse 21. It says this, Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the Savior. Just as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her 
in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word, so as to present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind, yes, so that she may be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no, other, for no one ever hates his own body, but he nourishes and tenderly cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I am applying it to Christ and the church. We are, in a sense, the bride of Christ. This is such an important metaphor. We are called to submit our lives to Jesus Christ. This is the image. We submit our lives to Jesus, and he cleanses us. He makes us whole. He makes us holy to present us to God the Father, spotless, without blemish, pure. I love that image. And the role, our role, is total submission to Jesus. That's what it means to be the church. That's what it means to be the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And this isn't the only place in the Bible where this metaphor is used. We see it used in the Old Testament. In Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5, we read these words. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. And we see Jesus using the same metaphor in the Gospels, and we see Paul using this metaphor again in other writings. And in the book of Revelation, we read these words, Revelation 19, 7. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. The church is the bride of Christ, and we are called to get ourselves ready, to allow Jesus to get ourselves ready through his Spirit. This is such a deep and important metaphor for all of us to understand. We, the church, the bride of Christ, are our first and deepest commitment is our relationship to Jesus as a body of Christ and all of us mutually submitting to the Lordship of Jesus. So whether married and single alike, we, we, we have a greater commitment first to Jesus and to his church. The church isn't just one part of our life. It is our life. It is the culmination of our life in Jesus Christ. It is our family, our tribe, the most important of our part of our life, this side of heaven. It is the body of Christ, the church, and we need to treat it as such. And it's important for us to understand, too, that the church is bigger than just our, our local body, our local community. Uh, we are just the tribe that happens to, to meet uh, in, in this building at 1818 4th Avenue, uh, in the Apostles' Creed, though, we read these important words. The Apostles' Creed, an ancient creed of the church that helped us remember who we are. We read this line. We believe in the Holy Catholic Church. We Sometimes we misunderstand that word Catholic. Catholic with a little c, that means the universal church. That we believe the church is, is global, it is universal, it is bigger than just where we gather together. The church is a universal church, and that's important. In the Old Testament, the people of God, if you remember, there were 12 tribes. They were all part of the people of God, but they had different tribes. We kind of have a similar, similar thing today. We have different denominations. We just happen to be a part of the tribe called Methodist. We have tribes called Baptists or other tribes, non-denominational. But we're all the same body. We are a part of the church of God. And so 
we should never speak badly about our brothers and sisters in other tribes. In fact, when they win, we win. When, when we lose, they lose. We're all on the same team. And that's important for us as we think about the role of who we are as the body of Christ in the church. As United Methodists, we, we have stated the following about the church. This comes from our preamble to our constitution in our book of discipline. I'm going to read this section. It says this, The church is a community of all true believers under the lordship of Christ. It is the redeemed and the redeeming fellowship in which the word of God is preached by persons divinely called and the sacraments are duly administered according to Christ's own appointment. Under the discipline of the Holy Spirit, the church seeks to provide for the maintenance of worship, the edification of believers, and the redemption of the world. There's good stuff here. and There's a lot here, so we're going to kind of unpack it a little bit, just line by line. It starts with this. The church is a community of all true believers under the lordship of Christ. I think it's important for us to understand there's, there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. There is not a Christian apart from the church. A Christian without a body uh, to belong to is, is a theological impossibility. That It just doesn't make sense. It, it, we are called to be in community, to be in relationship. When we talked about that first essential part of our faith, Trinity, that at the core of who God is, is relationship. And He has created us in His image. And so we, the body of Christ, are best when we are in relationship. And that is core, that we are a part of a church. It is the redeemed and redeeming fellowship. We have been redeemed. And then our calling is to go out and to redeem and help redeem others so that they can be a part of the body of Christ as well. And then it states, in which the word of God is preached by persons divinely called. Preaching has always been a part of the, the body of Christ, the church, and certain people have been called and set aside to, to kind of administer and preach that. And, uh, and, and I'm grateful that people are called by God to do this. And then it goes on and it says this, and the sacraments are duly administered according to Christ's own appointment. You know, all Protestant churches, we have uh, two sacraments, uh, baptism and communion. In fact, towards the end of the series, we're going to be talking about those two specifically on two different Sundays. What those sacraments mean, we, we believe they are administered by Jesus, that Jesus tells us to do these things. And, uh, and they're an important part of what the church is, and that we gather together to take communion. We gather together to baptize those to be a part of our covenant communities. And then it goes on to say this, Under the discipline of the Holy Spirit, the church seeks to provide for the maintenance of worship, the edification of believers, and the redemption of the world. This is great stuff. So important. We have to be under the discipline of the Spirit. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. And we see three primary things here. The maintenance of worship, the edification of believers, and the redemption of the world. And, and these need to be uh, balanced well. These are so important. Worship, members, and the world out there. When we get this balance right, great things happen. When we don't, it, it can be terrible. And, and we've seen, you know, in the past, when we're not under the Spirit, when the Spirit's not guiding us, and, and we talk about worship, we've seen churches that have worship wars, wars, in which, you know, some are saying traditional is better or contemporary is better. Neither is better or worse than the other. We haven't been led by the Spirit when we think one is better than the other. 
it, it's an argument that we shouldn't be having. There is, there's not just one way to worship. Our, our theology stays the same, but the songs we sing, how we worship can change and can be different in different churches and different communities. And that's important. So we can worship with an organ or a piano or a cappella, with guitars or drums. It doesn't matter. And, and when we focus on a style over what we're worshiping God, then we get it wrong. And then there's a struggle sometimes between the edifying members and redeeming the world because oftentimes members and the people outside the world, they have contrasting wants and sometimes they don't get along. Uh, But we don't want to put up barriers to those outside to be able to come in and receive Jesus. We stand firm in what we believe, but we should be offering radical hospitality to those who do not have Jesus. That should be primary in who we are because the world needs Jesus. Amen? And so here's the, here's the, the metaphor I like to use when I talk about uh, trying to balance you know, worship and uh, members and the world. Uh, it's the metaphor of a dinner party or a potluck. Uh, imagine for a second you're having a dinner party at your house and you're inviting guests who've never been before. What do you do typically when you have a dinner party? You, you clean up? You put on your best clothes, you take a shower, you, you make sure that the people who come feel welcome, they uh, feel at home, they feel like they're a part of, you want them to feel good about coming. You, you cook a great meal, and you typically serve them first. You get to eat, right? You still get to eat, but you're serving your guests first. You're, you're making them feel comfortable and at home. You're fixing them food that they would enjoy. That's what it means. Or if you have an image of a potluck, you know, if, if we have a church potluck and, and guests come, we would invite the guests to go through the line first. Now, we still get to eat. We're Methodists. We don't run out of food, right? We provide enough, but we still get to eat, but we serve the guests first. That's the way it is as a church. We need to focus on that. Churches that become too inward-focused have no impact on the world. They're just concerned about what they're going to eat and not feeding others. And churches that only focus on the world and they don't feed themselves, they they wear out their members. So this metaphor of a dinner party, I think it's helpful for us to understand. Yes, we feed others. We, we help them see Christ. We offer radical hospitality, but we feed ourselves as well. It's so important because the church is the best and the only hope for the world. And we have been blessed by God to be a part of this redeemed and redeeming fellowship. We are the church, the bride of Christ. Amen? Amen. So here's here's my next step for you, those of you who are watching. If you can't come to church, that's fine. I, I would encourage you to stay connected to a small group of believers who are a part of this community of faith or in wherever you're watching, that you are connected with people so that you can be the body of Christ together. And, and if you can come, I encourage you to be here in, in person. I know sometimes that's not possible, but it really is our hope that we can gather together as a body so that we can go out to be the redeeming fellowship in the world. Commit to being here when we gather every Sunday. Uh, and, and remember that you are the church the other six days of the week, right? You're always wearing your church hat. You're always married. You are the bride of Christ. Remember your vows of membership if you are a member, that you have committed to support the church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. So important. Well, I I hope you are blessed, and I hope you have a blessed week.
Take care.